Welcome to the thrivingat60.com podcast, the number one motivational show on the planet. No more sour days for you. It's time to make lemons into lemonade every day. This is a podcast where we help you thrive, not just survive. We help you accept who you are, not where you are, by discovering and inquiring into how to turn lemons into lemonade. Are you ready for the roller coaster ride of a lifetime? Tired of feeling let down? Tired of the lemons life keeps handing you? We can help you make every day a lemonade day. It's time to put those lemons in a blender. Let's go on an amazing and exciting, unpredictable journey of discovery. We know champions sit in the front seat, so make sure your seatbelt is fast and tight. One, two, three, let's go. When you have an attitude of gratitude, people just want to hang with you. Introducing the woman who believes ordinary stands for extraordinary, the host of Thriving at 60, Wendy B. Welcome, this is Wendy B. And I'm a life coach. And I started this podcast because I believe ordinary people become extraordinary people. What makes them extraordinary is sometimes the adversity they have lived through and who they've become regardless of their circumstances. Sometimes it's the little acts of kindness they bestow on people, one act of kindness at a time. I believe that most of us have the ability to thrive, not just survive. My intention is to cause curiosity, excitement, to thought provoke, to cause people to alter their thinking alter their thinking in a way that would not have altered otherwise and living from that possible alter view create a new future for oneself a new future that wasn't going to happen if you didn't alter or question your old views this could cause unpredictable results that can make a permanent difference in your life and in the lives of others around you i want to motivate and help people of all ages particular women 50 to 110 fulfill their dreams i want people to experience being excited about their life this podcast is to inspire and motivate you right now for you to take action today on your purpose your dreams maybe some of you don't know your purpose or your dreams or you are resigned they could never happen regardless of age regardless of your circumstances i will motivate and inspire you one step at a time to turn lemons into lemonade it's never too late to start would you like freedom and power regardless of what life throws at you it's easy to live life when life is working but true power true freedom is having freedom and power when our circumstances are ugh this podcast is about when you get handed lemons, how fast can you make lemonade? Life isn't just about surviving. What does it take to thrive emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially? So I don't know what it takes, but I'm getting really excited. And as you know, my last couple of podcasts, you know, are what are you blind to that runs your life? Or what are you blind to that has you not thrive? What are the conversations that you have that have you not have you stopped in life? Have you not been effective in life? And you don't even notice that those are the conversations that stop you because you go, no, no, this is real. You have all this evidence. And I'm looking at my life and it's like, oh my goodness. And one thing um, I want to share is I saw, and this is really cool, is I saw that uh, 26 years ago, something happened in my sisters in my life. I, I don't know really what it was. It could be many things. But rather than her go to me and work it out through communicating, it, she did what every, we all do is something happened and she, and she made up a story about it from her interpretation and gathered the evidence that she was right and then collapsed it like it was the truth. And I haven't been part of her life a lot in the last 26 years. She, she told me not to be involved in her life. And it was very, very painful for me. And what I saw recently was and I don't know if this will make sense to you, but it sure brought me freedom, was when I looked at that, 
Yes, it was painful. Yes, it was hurtful. What she said, don't call me, don't write. And this is before texting and, and, and before computers and emails and all that stuff. So there was nothing like that, that, that I could communicate. So, but my, what had me stopped in my tracks? It's like, I, I loved my niece. She was about 12 at the time. And I loved my nephew. He was about 14 or maybe it was 10 and 12. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. But all of a sudden my life stopped. And when uh, my oldest daughter was two, that's when it actually started. And um, I'm remembering something else uh, with the other daughter. But regardless, when my daughter was two, and then it continued, actually, my, this is really cool. I just got stopped because I had all these memories. <laughs> but what's really neat is that um, when I look at it, uh, when my daughter was two, my sister started being funny with me and not hanging out with me a lot. And she was annoyed at me about my mom, and I won't go into it. She felt um, I had overstepped some boundaries with my mother, and I didn't feel I had. My mom, uh, my sister, just briefly, my sister paid for my mom to come out for three or four weeks, and, and my sister told me the exact times that I could see my mom, and that didn't work for me. And then they popped in to say hi to me with my mom, my sister, her husband, their kids, and I asked my my sister went off to get some ice cream and I asked my brother-in-law at that time what were they doing with mom and do you think that she could spend a couple of days with me would it bother my sister and he didn't feel it was a big problem so I asked my mom she said yes and then my sister was furious that my mom and I did that regardless I actually am very grateful because my mom is dead that <clears throat> that was the last time I spent any really time with my mom. So I'm very, very, very grateful. Anyways, and then my sister was very gracious. And every year, I was a single mom for a little while. Uh, she would every year take my daughter, every year take her to her house for two weeks and give me a break, which I was very grateful for. But by the time my daughter was 12 and my youngest was five, my youngest was noticing she was not included which brought memories of me not being included in the family. So I had a conversation with my sister before she picked up my daughter for that summer saying, you know, it's not fair if you don't spend some time with Aubrey Lynn. And my sister got furious with me and told me, if I don't see Aubrey Lynn, I can't have Crystal Maria. And I said, well, yeah, I guess so. But I didn't mean it like she had to have Aubrey Lynn for the whole two weeks, but even just one night. And I guess where I wasn't responsible is I didn't say that. You know, I, I, I wasn't sure what I said. Regardless, my sister at that time chose to not be in my life and I wasn't allowed to call her, write her, talk to her, etc. And that was before emails and, and um, I didn't have a computer and it was before texting. I didn't have a cell phone. And what I get excited about is that I made up for 20 some odd years or whatever that I, my sister, uh, did that to me. And what I saw was, yes, my sister said all those things. And my conversation, why bother, what's the use, kept it in place. Because every time I would try to talk to my sister, send a letter, whatever, I didn't get a reply. And now I'm interacting with her and we text each other occasionally and talk on the phone occasionally. But it, actually, we hardly ever talk on the phone. 
and it's my why like my conversation why bother what's the use keeps me being right about my sister I want to uh, uh, have a different relationship with her and she doesn't want it and then what I make it mean when she says even recently she said well you know my life is fine without you it hasn't you haven't really been in my life for the last 20 some odd years and I, my life works without you in it and I'm laughing but it's like the truth is it does I mean we both have survived without being in each other's lives I miss her or maybe I miss the thought or the memory of what it was like I miss her but I've made new friends too so where I haven't been responsible is like it I actually saw that what keeps my suffering in place is me thinking that why bother what's the use is real like it's a real conversation and it's not it's all made up from a young age and then what I make and also the, what I make it mean like I'm not lovable I'm not and that's an old conversation from when I was young put in foster homes I you know loving hurts too much because when I love people they pull away and what was neat is I saw that and and so me saying my sister caused that for 20 some odd years because my oldest daughter's 28 is not true she we both caused it <laughs> we both were a reaction to each other and my suffering was because of what I made it all mean and I kept the why bother what's the use I'm not lovable uh, loving people hurts too much here's the evidence I kept those conversations in place to keep the suffering and what's true the only truth is that my sister said what she said and you know I remember my dad saying something like that oh I don't know how many years ago uh, when I was uh, probably in my 20s and I just recently done landmark and I and all I turned to my dad and said you know like he, he wrote a letter saying, you know, I write all you kids off. I don't want you in my life, blah, blah, blah. And I wrote him back and said, well, I love you anyways, regardless. Um, you're always going to be my dad. And I'm just going to keep writing you regardless of whether you send me a letter back or not. Um, you can't get rid of me that quick. Because I, I didn't make anything he said mean anything. You know, our kids say, I hate you. And if we, if we took that too seriously, we'd never talk to our kids again. So I am freed up I don't know if you get freed up from this conversation but I'm freed up that there's conversations I have that I say to myself repeatedly that keep certain things in place and then I gather the evidence and then I don't get to create a beautiful thriving life I'm the one that has that happen no one else and so it was really freeing to see that so in closing we're exploring how to thrive whether we are 10 or 110 and if you could discover some conversations you're having that have you not thrive what new action could you take that could make a difference if you could get get that there's habitual patterns or habitual things that patterns habitual patterns and habitual things that you say to yourself to have you not thrive what new things could become 
you know what what could you give up being right about and then have your life thrive i I mean in my 60s and i'm just discovering this like newly in a new way i've seen this throughout my life but never 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 to this point so what areas do you want to thrive in and then if you're not thriving what are the conversations you're having oh it's so great and uh, you know and even though I don't represent Landmark, it's where I get source, where I discover these things. And and when you can hand in lemons, how fast can you make lemonade? With an attitude of gratitude, you can make lemonade. I'd love to hear from you. Who would like a complimentary 15-minute coaching session? I want to call you personally and hear about your dreams and your goals. And I'll give you an amazing tip that will help you out. I will call people who let me know they left a five-star rating for this podcast and provide their username on iTunes, Google+, Stitcher, at Fast. Just hit the button, subscribe to my podcast, and rate it a number five. Thanks for listening. Keep at thriving. Thank you for listening to ThrivingAt60.com with Wendy B. What did you like best about the podcast? Email wendyb at thrivingat60.com. Keep up on the latest by subscribing to the podcast. Also, drop by the website and rate the show. Turn lemons into lemonade at thrivingat60.com.